everybody. Before this episode begins, I just want to let you know that Maria and I will be at RSA Conference 2023. So we will see you in April in San Francisco during the big show. We'll be having a party at FANG the Sunday before. Tickets are available on our website, cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. And we'll be having a meetup and networking event at the Marriott Marquis on that Monday. So please visit cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com to learn more information about all the things we're doing at RSA Conference 2023 and hope to see you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your co-hosts, Gianna Whitfer, with my fabulous co-host, Maria Velasquez. And we are so excited because we have the even more fabulous Cami Regano on. She is the VP of Marketing at SiteGain. She's also was a former senior director at Cyberry, and she has a wealth of knowledge in both marketing and sales and has merged these two things together in her career in order to become a like just an exemplary marketer that's hitting crazy, crazy goals. Cami, we're so excited that you're on. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for that lovely introduction. That was very nice. Yeah, I just I can't wait to dive in. You're not leaving this episode until you tell us all the secrets, <laughs> just so you know. So listeners, get ready for it. I can't wait. Before we start the show today, we want to hear from you, anonymous listener. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your ideas for new shows. We want to hear your ideas for new topics and the things that you want to hear about on the show. Send us a note at hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com or send us a note, me and Maria, on LinkedIn. All right. Cami, tell us what is SiteGain? Uh, how big are you? What do you guys do? Yeah, so we are about nine people right now. We are working on expanding our team later this year. So with the whole rebranding and what we've done, we've really tried to reestablish what we are. So we're all about optimizing your security investments. We view ourselves as not a competitor to vendors, but a companion. We essentially can absorb all of the data that's coming from your SIMS or XDR and tell you what you're missing. If you can see in our branding, we have a lot of play on blacklight. So we kind of coined the term, we shine the light into things that would otherwise go unknown or unseen. So we try to essentially help you to understand against all of these threats that are happening in the world right now, what are you actively prepared to face and what are you not? And so we can do that through a few different ways, but it's, it's really exciting. I've never really seen a product that really does everything that we do. We also integrate to do um, some analyst training, which is 
pretty much bringing a cyber range and embedding it into your own system. We're all about training your analysts on the tools that you're actually using and not having to send them out to do boot camp or classroom virtual style training. You're going to actually teach them on how your system operates. So it all has to do with your security investments, making sure you're getting ROI from those things and figuring out how those also map across different compliance frameworks. So kind of a a mixed bag of things, but it all relates back to optimizing your security investments. We reached out to you because we saw this like super fabulous LinkedIn post that you had written, which we will link to in the show notes so everyone can see. And it was about the goals that your uh, team had hit since you kind of took over the SDR team, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that? What goals did you hit, et cetera? Yeah, might be happy to dive in there. So I started at Zygain in July of 2022. And when I had started, they were working with an offshore third-party SDR team. It was not going well. And just listening to the calls off the bat, it's just so hard for when you're working with these teams that aren't actually embedded within your team in-house, that they're missing out on crucial meetings that you're having, that you're going through with not only marketing and, you know, the marketing teams that you work with, but also with your executive team. So I, you know, made the statement slash request that I wanted to bring sales development in-house and I wanted it to sit under marketing. I have, in the past, I've worked I've been on sales. Uh, My first job was in sales. And then, you know, that really helped me to get into the B2B marketing space. I think it's very important for all B2B marketers, really all marketers to understand sales cycles and, you know, what sales teams go through. So I was very passionate about having the sales development team sit under me at at SiteGain. When I had previously worked at Cybrary, we kind of had a dotted line to marketing with sales development. We worked very closely. I had an amazing counterpart who was the sales development senior director, and we worked so closely together, but we still came across hurdles, I would say, and a little bit of silos that ultimately would impact you know, our numbers and our bottom line. And it was really hard to move past that because I would have one goal Sales development would have another goal, but they're reporting into sales. I'm reporting directly into the CEO. So it just like, no matter how well we got along, there was still this barrier that I could not break through. And I didn't want that to happen at SightGain. I was very passionate about that just because I knew all of the amazing results we saw at Cybrary, but I wanted to 10x that. I wanted to remove that barrier and, you know, have us be all on the same page. And, you know, we work directly with the account executive team, the customer success team, but ultimately sales development and marketing have the same goals. And I would say that marketing team took on actually being responsible for more than just pipeline. I'm looking at demos booked, demos complete, the ratio from demos complete to opportunities created, all of those things along the sales funnel. That's so important to marketing because I want to understand all the way up until deal closure, 
what's going on? What is the messages that we're saying? Why did this deal close? How can I back into that? The best way to do that in my mind is to have sales development under marketing. So Cammie, what are a few things that you did differently between obviously bringing in sales development under marketing and also in-house was was a big one, but what are other things that you did to support the SDRs now that they're part of your team other than also aligning on the same goals? Yeah, I am really big in autonomy and growing leaders within my team and I wanted to empower my sales development manager to feel a part of the executive goals that we have and that he has a say in how we are working as a team and especially under sales development. So I really had him go out, tell me which products are going to make his life easier. What can we do to create automation to enable him to be able to send out X amount of LinkedIn messages, but also be making phone calls throughout his day. I would say I had never really been that involved in the sales development piece of everything. And I also made sure that he was in all of the marketing meetings that have to do with messaging, copywriting, what we're going to be trying differently this week, um, story branding. It's it was really important for me to understand where my, you know, marketing inspiration, creativity was coming from. So he could also pull from that, hopefully creativity and inspiration and bring that into what he is ultimately, you know, telling prospects and hopefully soon to be customers. Was that kind of the crux of the challenges you saw at your previous role was that even though you were as aligned as possible, you weren't integrated? Because this is like your SDR team at SiteGain are, par- are in the story branding calls, you know, like usually the SDR team is pounding uh, the phones <laughs> yeah, no, and it's potentially just getting, you know, snippets and, and assets and not being part of that whole curative process. Yeah, that was definitely a challenge at Cybrary. And I would say there were so many goals that we were trying to hit that it was like, being able to actually sit down and focus and be like, no, they like sales development has to understand what our story is, or this isn't going to work in the long run. We might be booking demos, but let's look and see, okay, how many demos did we book versus how many demos were complete this quarter versus the quarter that we went through story branding, which we never actually were able to really do with sales development as we grew that team. Because I, again, I was one of the first 10 employees at Cyberary. So as we got larger, when I left, we were about, I think, over a hundred. It was definitely more difficult. And our sales development team, I think, was about like 10 to 12. So I think having that process start from the beginning and carrying that through scaling and growing is so vital because we're we're changing things, you know, a lot to test. We're doing A-B tests. And I don't want that to just be across our website, across emails that we're sending. I want that to be in the phone calls we're having, you know, when we're on demos with our, our prospects. I want that to be integrated really in everything that we do because if it's not, it's, and I don't want to say that our marketing is telling a lie, but it's just not telling the story that we want to be telling as the guide in this scenario. And I think a lot of people mix up what a company is supposed to be. Like, we're not the hero. I am not trying to be that company that is, you know, the 
the one that's doing all these great things in cybersecurity. Like, I am here to help solve your problems and make your life easier and to really understand what you're dealing with and make sure that there is a connection and a right fit for our product because I think it's a waste of everybody's time if you're just trying to book demos and they don't go anywhere. I'm all about the quality over quantity. So true. Security practitioners hate the buzzword all in one. Oh, yeah. Or um, what's the other one? One singular platform. Single plane of glass. Yeah. In your LinkedIn post, you said, you know, your Q3 and Q4 results, results really blew me away. And now it's not just up from one to three. So here's some of the things you accomplished with this new process that you created for SiteGain. Website traffic up 32%, leads up 2,066%, demos booked 268% up, but demos complete, like you said, which is an important metric, 276%, pipeline growth 266%. That's incredible. Thank you. It was really like such an amazing feeling to see these numbers jump so high and we actually didn't get our first in-house sales development manager starting until mid-October. So that's really only two and a half months of sales development work that we did. And I think it also has to do with the person that you're working with. And, you know, I asked him a lot of questions on how he, you know, his former jobs and how he worked with sales and marketing. And he was like, there's always kind of a clash where he's worked. And I was like, I just don't want that. I don't want that. I want us to be solution oriented, not bringing problems to the table. If there's an issue, great, let's talk through it. Let's make it better. Let's figure it out together. And I think the doors open a lot when you are aligned to all of the same goals, because at the end of the day, the account executives also want to see these numbers going up because it's demos on their calendars and it's opportunities in their forecasts that are improving. And I have just really, it's been really cool, I think, to see the difference in um, having sales development under marketing versus not, because there's just, it just feels like there's no silos and there's not this like weird pressure point that I feel like kind of happens sometimes because we're, we're all being, you know, upfront about what's happening. We're talking about it every week as a team and we're also coming together and we're like, what new ideas can we try? Did you hear anything on your demo that you think really resonated that we should try for training leaders in the SecOps? sector. Like stuff like that has been like super crucial. And we have Gong, which I recommend if your company has Gong, I recommend every marketer to get into Gong because I'm able to essentially, okay, I want to hear if this word is coming up in conversations. Oh, it came up in all of these conversations in financial industries. And I can, okay, Andrew, sorry, that's his name my sales development manager, I'm like, okay, let's make a financial industries campaign that we specifically talk about this and we're targeting SecOp leaders in that space. And, you know, we know that this is a problem. We're hearing it. Let's talk about how we can be, you know, that, that guide for them to help them overcome this problem. So Kimmy, on this list of crazy astonishing results, right? There is one KPI that's missing that most of us marketers maybe sometimes are too distracted with. And I think I know why you don't have it on the list, but I want to hear from you. 
So we've got website traffic, leads, and then demos booked. No MQLs in that mix. Mm -hmm. Tell me why. I actually, when it comes to when I'm talking at the executive level or even within the sales level, I think MQLs are vanity metrics. I do not think that that actually tells a great story. Now, MQLs are a metric that I'm actively monitoring every single day, working to get them to sales qualified and sales accepted. But I really look on more of the sales qualified, sales accepted lead. Those are the ones I care about. Those are the ones that are bringing in pipeline and the ones that are essentially the most qualified. I think I've seen a lot, not just in cybersecurity, but across marketing as a whole, people are, I think, moving away from MQLs as a number that you are gold on. It's just, it can be a BS lead. And like, what is that going to do? If it's someone that's just giving me their email because they're signing up for my newsletter, that's not a lead for sales. I want to continue to work that lead, have them give me more information about themselves and eventually have them request a demo. That's, you know, I want them to see the value in, in what marketing and what the company is doing rather than me count this lead that isn't qualified for sales at all. I just, I just don't believe in it. Um, and I used to, right. That used to be a big thing for me, but MQLs are not going to paint the picture of revenue growth. I love that. I, we definitely are seeing that transformation a lot. And I think the more of us that say this, the more we're going to take this revolution <laughs> to a good victory. Uh, because I think, you know, we, we've been conditioned to think lead MQL, SQL, closed one because of the whole inbound methodology, because maybe the fault of a lot of these MarTech vendors but we're seeing that it actually doesn't work. There is no such thing as that linear journey. Nobody really goes through every stage until closed one. Nobody. It's a very, very much a squiggly type of line versus a straight down funnel. So I, I love that. It's not part of your mix and more more marketing leaders should go that route. A hundred percent agree. So Cami, can you then tell us about your funnel? So it sounds like maybe MQL is like a leading indicator and you don't report on it to the board because they don't care, right? Yes. But you do something with it, right? Or am I wrong? Yes. Nope. So you, could you talk right. us through like your maybe like lead to like close one? Like what do you, what are the steps in there for, for yeah, you yeah. and for your team? Definitely happy to walk you through that. So there's a couple of different ways that we get inbound leads in the door. Something that I implemented when I got there was I wanted a way for people to just be able to give their email to sign up for a newsletter that we're sending. Um, that was really important for me to have people be interested in SiteGain enough that they want email communication to start with. And then my ultimate goal, of course, all marketers is to get them to that demo request. So there's a couple of different ways that I am trying to work those MQLs. There is a bit of paid advertising, remarketing that we're doing. And then along with the newsletter function that we've just started, we've also are working towards opening up all of um, our gated content. I've seen more and more people following you know, sweet to do that. And I, I just really think that the more content that we can give 
our prospects, the better off the company is. And that might be thinking more of the company, but honestly, the content that I'm trying to build isn't just about site gain. It's about content that I'm not seeing out there. And building up my content plan has been also a really big thing the last... I've only been there eight months, so six months. And making sure that I'm feeding this type of content to leads that are maybe coming in. And um, because we also have people that can view like a two-minute product walkthrough that give us their information. But okay, they don't want to hear anything else. Like they've seen enough, which obviously like we're working on changing that and trying to explain our um, product more. But it really depends on where the lead is coming from because once they hit a certain level in terms of how we're scoring them, are they, you know, hitting a bunch of content that is super relevant to um, their job function? Great. Um, So we start to pass that over to our sales development team to start very, very light outreach, not pounding the phones, anything like that. We're actually very big on using LinkedIn the results that we've seen, I need to pull up those metrics because it's absolutely insane. Um, the results. Pull them up. Pull them up. I know. I need to find them. <laughs> Even just from December to um, January, we were at 0.04 open rate in LinkedIn messages. We're now sitting at 4% open rate. So wow. yeah, it's just been like, we are constantly learning and trying to figure out what's working, what's not. And again, this is a a learning process for me too, because we are actively, um, if you guys have seen our new website, I'm very big on role-based marketing. So that just launched about not even a month ago. So about three weeks ago. So even integrating that into our messaging is a really big thing. And I'm trying to answer your lead funnel question and bring it back to that. But it really just it depends because I'm looking at the MQLs and I don't really want anyone else to be bothered with those. That's my job to try and get them to a point where sales development can have a conversation and they're very familiar with Psyching and what we're offering and they are seeing a problem that Psyching solves for them. And then once it hits sales, the sales development team, there's a couple of different things that we do. Um, we are sending them content that's very relevant to their job position and um, their industry, as well as we do do phone calls. So I don't want to say like we're not on the phones because we do those, but they have to reach a certain threshold for us to want to make a phone call or even have our our team make a phone call. So working through that has been really fun because I've also had sales development intertwined with our lead scoring. And they're telling me this, like, even if I'm like, okay, I passed this over. Was this a good lead? They're like, no, like go back and like, we need to figure out what we can do better here, but, oh, this is working. Let's double down here. Reach out to more of these people with that message. Or if we have anyone in our pool of MQLs. Let's try and, you know, get them up the funnel. Um, so hopefully that answered your question. What are the light touches that your SDRs are doing? Is it like just, Hey, I thought like you might find this interesting or Hey, like we have an event coming up. Like it's, it's interesting to me, you know, cause SDRs want to book meetings, right? A lot of SDRs are comped on meetings booked mm-hmm. in a lot of companies. So to say like, 
hey, build a, a relationship with folks, like do light touch, like don't just be like, hey, you want a meeting? Here's my Calendly link. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you orchestrating that? Yeah. So my SDRs are actually comped on opportunities created. Nice. And I think that that has helped a lot with the quantity over quality. So my SDR manager has been really great about getting really personal in the emails and the touches that or messages that he's sending. And so he's not sending out hundreds of messages, making hundreds of phone calls a day, at most a hundred a week. And that is because we want him to understand the person that he's reaching out to. And he also wants to understand, like he doesn't want to be wasting anyone's time either because at the end of the day, like he has to have the most qualified person in order to get that opportunity created. So I think that not like, Demos complete, demos booked is very important, and we do have goals around that. But ultimately, what he is paid out, commission, bonused on are those opportunities created. So he's doing the best that he can to, one, not annoy and pester our prospects. And I think do it in a way that is, I'm not doing this for me. Like, I really want to tell you about this problem that we are actively trying to solve for, you know, security leaders like yourself. Kemi. This success could not have come without really tight and well-built infrastructure between marketing tech, sales tech, uh, but then also very close attention to data integrity, data hygiene. Tell us about what are some of the things that you've done, enforced, (laughs) yelled about (laughs) to make sure that you can track performance properly, that you can track activities for SDRs, that sort of thing. I actually love marketing operations, revenue operations. That is, I think, my one true love in marketing. I love going through the data, being able to connect things. So, um, and I, you know, with the work of my team at Cybrary, we literally set up everything. At Cybrary, we implemented profiling. So we're not just asking for their username and their email. We were actually asking firmographic and demographic information. And by implementing that, we created a B2B lead database over the span of five years. Well, yeah, five years, hundreds of thousands of users. So as you can imagine, having you know this huge database where Cyber, I, I believe they're almost at 5 million users, that taught me a lot about marketing operations and working with the sales team because we had no marketing ops, no sales ops when, you know, when I was there. So coming over to SiteGain where there are not millions of users, it was a lot, I don't want to say easier, but I had been there, done that. So I didn't have to go through those pains of what I've already been through. And luckily we don't really have anyone else that is as familiar with like Salesforce marketing um, platforms. So I'm pretty much helping to run operations in tandem with a consultant that we're working with, um, who is amazing. Scale Matters. I don't know if I can say that, but they're awesome. I'm highly recommend. You can say that. Okay. And yeah. now they're going to give us money for sponsoring the show. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, they're amazing. They are like a specific startup um, revenue operations company. Um, so they come in and really help you. But I am a very big stickler for information in Salesforce. If there is 
If you say that you booked a demo and there's no demo in Salesforce, you're not getting credit for that. If you are telling me that there's an opportunity, but there's nothing in Salesforce, it doesn't count. That's not going towards your goals. Data is king to everything. And if we don't understand the levers it took to get us to an opportunity or to closed one, it's pointless. Like I can't repeat that. I can't scale that. And I think that's what a lot of startups are ultimately trying to do. They're trying to scale, grow, acquisition or IPO. So I am very, I will call, I I call out our CEO. Hi, Christian. And I'm just like, Christian, you said you had a meeting. It's not in here. So it's all, you know, they're, they're very good uh, sports about it, but, and they also understand the importance of making sure that the things are there, the notes are there, and we're completely able to back into any of our numbers that we have. So I actually, before we get onto our game, I think this data hygiene, you know, what Maria just brought up and you answered so wonderfully, since you have a background in sales, what were you in sales, uh, Cami? Were you an AE? Were you an SDR? So I did inside sales at a distributor and I worked with Semantic and Veritas. So I was in charge of like renewals and upselling. Okay, great. So you have experience being in sales, of course, and working in sales. And so a lot of pushback that we get as people who want to keep the data clean is that it's too much work and that, you know, why do I need to do all this and that we should make a, you know, Salesforce as light and easy for sales folks as possible so that they could focus on selling. But then on the other side of the house, if people aren't setting, you know, putting in their med pick or medic or whatever fields, like listing use cases, including notes, in Salesforce, then you lose all of this amazing data that you need to make decisions, right? And you don't know why the heck, you know, if, if information is stuck in people's heads and God forbid they leave or whatever, they forget to, how are you going to be able to make decisions about your use cases and your prospects and markets to go after in the future if you're not tracking this data? So, Cammie, how are you balancing this with your, your SDR team and in general, right? Because you being VP of marketing, it's like, hey, you own marketing ops, I'm assuming too. So like, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, so I do have a lot of automations set up to make it as easy as we can for them, but I also have validation. So you can't move to the next phase unless you're putting in this information. Say from you're trying to convert a lead to an op, we need to know what the use case is. We need to know what are like the the modules that they're interested in, stuff like that. The gong call needs to be added into the Salesforce uh, lead and something that I've actually been thinking about, I haven't implemented it yet, but maybe more people will want to do this is, and maybe Gong will want to do this, but essentially potentially doing recordings of people instead of them. I feel like just typing people hate doing, I don't know why, but having them record and answer all of those questions. So it's still there and you have to listen to it. But honestly, I like listening over, like I listen to all my audiobooks, So that's easier for me. So I'm, I'm thinking about implementing something like that, where you take five minutes, you go through all of the questions that need to be answered and it's attached onto the opportunity. There, that's a new startup idea. <laughs> yes, gong. Don't steal my idea. Or 
Yeah, pay all of us for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's great because it makes a transcript too, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then you can probably feed over that information if you have like the keywords in Gong into like the fields that are available in Salesforce. Yeah. That's it. Can you stop great? talking? Stop talking. Go build it. Stop talking. <laughs> With so much buzz in cybersecurity, we know how important it is to cut through the noise. Take it from our friends at Hacker Valley Media. With over 50,000 listeners from all over the world, they have mastered the art of standing out among the crowd. Boost your company's message by partnering with them on podcast sponsorships, live podcasts, and events. Check them out at HackerValley.com and tell them Maria and Gianna sent you. Again, that's HackerValley.com. I think it is time for our game, right, Maria? Yes. Do you want to explain the game? So, Cami, every guest that we have on our show, Gianna and I, well, from the beginning, actually, we try to read you in a way to figure out what you would actually be doing today if you weren't in cybersecurity marketing. Uh And the rules are that we don't cheat and maybe look at, I don't know, your Facebook or your LinkedIn about any other passions you might have. We can't. No, that's not. That's not the rules. I am going to, because I'm going to cheat today. You're right. You're right. The rules are, it can't be. Okay. You tell the rules. Go, 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 go. It can't be a past job. So if you, so you were in, you were in sales, Cammy. so it can't be sales and it can't be marketing and it can't be in cyber, right? Well, it can't be sales or marketing in cyber. Are there any careers you had? Were you like a teacher or anything? No. No. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. Maria, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Usually there's a a good win rate when I go first versus when she goes first um, to keep it on the RevOps theme. Um, (laughs) So Cammy. (laughs) If you weren't today, if you weren't in cybersecurity marketing, I think you would be some sort of show host, either like radio or even TV. Uh, I don't know what kind of show, but yeah, I I see you being like this really awesome personality, even on radio or on a screen. So yeah, that's my guess. My guess is that, you know, what's that? Mom of the Kardashians. <laughs> Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner. Right. So, like, what is that called? Like a show mom Mama or a talent mom? Momager. I think you'd be momager to like a couple famous golden doodles. <laughs> oh my God. I do have an Instagram for my, I haven't kept up with it, but um, that is very funny. <laughs> All right. <you> do. <laughs> so now it's your, you get to choose who won based on like, what you most aligns with what you would be doing if you, you know, if you were not allowed to do what you're doing today. Oh my gosh. You both gave such good answers. I don't think I'd ever see myself in TV. Uh, I would be way too nervous. (laughs) Uh, Maybe radio. She said radio. (laughs) I I think I could do radio, but I also love uh, what Kris Jenner has created. I think that she is the best at what she does, but I think that she does some things that I don't like necessarily agree with. Oh my God, this is really hard. Can it be a mix of both? I guess Chris Jenner goes on podcasts and maybe radio shows. So I, I think I'll have to go with Chris Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, give us, give us the real answer now. If we didn't feed these ideas in your head, what would it be? 
So I actually have a huge obsession with interior design. Oh. It is my passion and I would love to be CMO for like home goods. That would be my <laughs> my dream job. I will show you I have to show so you funny. my office that I just redid because I'm very into maximalism and I maximalism. Yes. Wow. The opposite of minimalism. And so this is where I'm sitting right now. Hopefully you guys can see it on the screen. Oh my God. That is gorgeous. Yeah. So I just redid my office and that I think is what I would love to do full time. Um, that is gorgeous. I'm calling you after this. So <laughs> Please, I love, it like brings me so much. Like even when I go to Home Goods, I went yesterday. I got so much serotonin. I was like, oh my god, this is literally like <laughs> so good for me. Not for my uh, wallet, but personally, it's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Do you have like a maximalist like design Instagram that you want to share with everybody? Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to start one. So I'll probably have to tell you guys later. I've been thinking about it, but I actually, the couch that you saw, I reupholstered that myself. So I'm trying to get into like, it just decompresses me like doing those things. So I will let you guys know. There's some, I have some thoughts. Curated chaos might be one of them, but who's to say? (laughs) I love it. That's actually a really cool name. Thank you. So Cammie, thank you so much for being on our show today. Where can people find you if you're open to be contacted? Oh, LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm trying to get to do more things on LinkedIn. I feel like in the past five years that I was working at Cyber, I was just like, so I didn't really have time to engage on LinkedIn. So I am trying um, a lot harder this year to just post about what I'm doing. I love being able to talk through things, get new ideas, spread ideas. So LinkedIn is definitely the best way to to reach me. Awesome. And you're also in the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. I am. Right, Cammie? Yes, I am. So yes, the Slack community as well. Well, thank you so much. This has been such an amazing chat. We loved hearing all your trade secrets. I think we'll have to have you back again, maybe in six months to talk about the full year <laughs> at, uh, at SiteGain and, and tell us that full story. Thanks for joining us and taking the time out of your day. And yeah, for those listening, thanks for listening. <laughs> Make sure that you give us five stars because we're awesome and subscribe <laughs> so, you, um, so you get an alert when a new episode drops and a new episode drops every Wednesday. Talk to you soon.